0: On this week's edition of the Pigpen Podcast, we are going to break down all of the comments swirling around Dwayne Haskins and how I think the Redskins should kind of start to handle the situation, but do it in a way that is not reminiscent of the RG3 situation. Plus, we have a little bit of comments made by Mike Floria about the running back situation here in D.C. We will get to that and share some thoughts on that as well. All right, let's roll the music and let's get into it. This is the Pigpen Podcast. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. If this is your first time, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Detton underscore Day. Join the Hogshaven community on Hogshaven.com and subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed on Spotify. And on Apple Podcasts. We got a whole lot of good stuff coming up uh, as we get closer towards the season uh, for the Redskins. So, like I said, we got a, a little bit to talk about uh, today with the Dwayne Haskins stuff going on and a little bit of the Mike Florida comments as well. Uh, so, look at this being close to like 15, 20 minutes uh, that we, we're going to be talking about some of this stuff going on here. Still no real word on Trent Williams uh, since I did the Trent Williams podcast about. Uh, I want to say three weeks ago. It was two or three weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that, go back and and listen to that. But we really don't have any news since then, and that is going to play some sort of factor into this Dwayne Haskins stuff. We have comments from Doug Williams that we are going to listen to on what he said about Dwayne Haskins and how it kind of contradicts what Joe Theismann said, which uh, Theismann's comments were pretty simple. Keep him far away from starting on, on day one. And I don't really think that there is a kind of a way to... Uh, I guess there's not a cut-and-dry way on starting for week one. But Theizen seemed to be pretty clear, like he doesn't want Dwayne Haskins starting week one. Uh, Doug Williams caught up, or I guess I should say Steve Weish of NFL Network, caught up with Doug Williams and asked Williams about Dwayne Haskins. And this is what Doug Williams had to say, uh, courtesy of NFL Network.
1: Well, I think, number one, it's, it's been a great offseason, you know, number one, to have uh, Dwayne in camp and, and to be on the sideline doing the OTAs and mini camp. And, and see the young guy do what he's done and how he's taken uh, uh, command of the opportunity that he's had. Uh, you know, talking about a guy that comes from a situation where nobody went, went up under the center to see a guy walk out the huddle and the pause that he has, the patience that he, he's exhibit, uh, it it's, it's room to have a lot of hope and, and I know there's words out there that he might uh, end up starting and that could happen but at the end of the day it's going to be on Jay uh, myself and, and probably Bruce and the owner as what he does during preseason and see where we are as a team uh, to make that decision. I don't want to say he's going to start game one today, but it's been a pleasant and enjoyable scene to see what Dwayne Haxton has done over the last few weeks.
0: So right off of the bat, I think it's pretty clear. Doug Williams speaks uh, probably a little bit more than he should. Like That was, a, that was almost a minute-long answer uh, of what probably could have been about a 30-second answer. And, and I, I say that in the sense that while we knew that this was not going to be just a Jay Gruden decision, that the final back half of that answer, that 20 seconds where he goes just a little too long, is where he essentially said, yeah, this is going to be a four-person decision as to when Dwayne Haskins starts. And odds are, if I just had to guess... Knowing how this organization, the organization that we love so much, knowing how they operate, I guarantee that Jay Gruden, the football guy of the group, the guy that is going to be practicing with Dwayne Haskins each and every day, the guy that is going to be watching him grow throughout the course of this offseason, he's probably going to be lowest on the totem pole in terms of decision makers as to when Dwayne Haskins starts. Is that good? No. Is that how it's going to be? Yes. Yes. Dan, Dan is really going to be the deciding factor. Maybe Bruce has a little bit of, of input, but I would be willing to bet that Dan Snyder is going to be really the deciding factor as to when Dwayne Haskins starts. Now, like I said, this is not a cut and dry sort of thing here when it comes to deciphering and deciding when you think a quarterback should start. There are plenty of examples to suggest that a guy should wait an entire year, maybe multiple years, like Aaron Rodgers waited multiple years before he got an opportunity he has now become one of the more talented passers that we've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes waited a year behind Alex Smith, and then he had an MVP season. But we've seen plenty of times in the past that guys can come out and start right away if they are ready. And there is going to be some sort of learning curve, some sort of bumps in the roads. They're rookies. That's kind of how this goes. But there are guys There are guys that have had success starting right away. And one of the guys that had a lot of success starting right away did it here with Robert Griffin. The third, and I know like I'm not going to spend too much time just beating around the bush of, of Robert Griffin. I don't really enjoy talking about him as much as most people don't enjoy listening about him. But I under, we got to understand here, when Robert Griffin came in to start, he was ready. I don't think there's anyone that's going to to argue that, and part of that is because the Redskins didn't have a whole lot of options. The options in 2012 was Rex Grossman, who we had we had seen way too much of in, in recent years. Rookie Kirk Cousins, rookie Robert Griffin. You traded three picks for Robert Griffin. He's going to start, but for all intents and purposes, he was ready. I mean, his opening game against New Orleans was one of the more iconic games of his entire career to this point and probably ever, because I don't really see him starting that much in the NFL moving forward. But it's important to remember that while Robert Griffin III and Dwayne Haskins do have some sort of similarities, both high first-round picks, both guys that at a certain point, I mean, Robert Griffin obviously never became this, but at a certain point, they were guys that we think could possibly carry this franchise on their shoulders for the next five to 10 years. Dwayne Haskins has that possibility, both great arms and had a lot of collegiate success. They're not the same. And what worries me a little bit about Uh, Doug Williams coming out and saying like, yes, it's going to be a four person decision. It's a little too reminiscent of that RG three time because for a lot of that situation in the whole and that that area uh, of the Redskins, I guess, seasonal seasons, a couple seasons in that in that little frame there. Uh, Dan Snyder had a little bit too much power, and his fingers were in the decision making just a little too much. And I know that Robert Griffin was like his guy, and I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is his guy to the extent that Robert Griffin was. But because they are high first round picks and guys that we think have the ability to truly carry the franchise, they could push him into the uh, into the the go kart. I guess you'd say. I guess not the go kart, but they could push him into the driver's seat. That's a much better analogy. They could push him into the driver's seat before he is ready because what's different about now than it was in 2012, the Redskins do have other options. Not great options. I mean, Cole McCoy knows the offense probably better than anyone, but he's coming off an injury. And Case Keenum is a very fine quarterback. Uh, Those are the two options. And those two guys are probably better than Rex Grossman and rookie Kirk Cousins when it comes to deciding who should start at quarterback. And I'm not like the biggest Case Keenum guy in the world. Uh, I think there are, you could make some sort of argument if you really want to, that he is a little close to Rex Grossman than I think we all think, and a part of it is we don't really have a, a connection to Case Keenum. I mean, if you think about it, we acquired him uh, via trade that kind of just came out of nowhere. Like I was never really anticipating the Redskins to trade for Case Keenum. It just kind of got dropped on us. I was eating dinner and I get a notification says the Redskins traded for Case Keenum. I'm like, well, damn. Didn't even know this was in the works. Like I hadn't seen anything about it. So we don't really have a tie to Case Keenum. It's just kind of a salary dump. And because we didn't at the time have a good quarterback because our two starters were hurt and we damn sure we're not going to go the Mark Sanchez route again. Uh, he seemed like a logical option that was cheap, uh, but we don't have a tie to Case Keenum. And I think that does factor into this decision making process uh, with Dan Snyder, who's going to be at the head of it. He is a he's a business guy first. And to a certain extent, Dwayne Haskins is the guy that we as fans, whether you love or hate the pick for Dwayne Haskins, he's the guy that we want to see under center just to see if it's right. If it's going to work, he is for all intensive purposes, a draw to us as fans to play quarterback because we haven't had a great quarterback in the past years. I mean, Kirk Cousins had his moments, but he also made some pretty bad decisions and he wasn't exactly putting butts in seats. And as it stands right now, the guy that's going to put butts in seats for the Redskins is going to be Dwayne Haskins. And there was a poll run recently. I don't know who the poll was run by. I didn't take all the time to look into that. But the poll said that the Redskins had the 11th best fan base in the NFL. I do, to an extent, agree with that. I think we as Redskins fans uh, do... uh, uh, we don't get our our due I guess in terms of mainstream media but a lot of that is because people don't go to games and I used to work for the uh, the street team uh, at 980 when I was fresh out of college which was like two years ago um, and I would go we would do like events at Redskins games and I saw firsthand uh, one of the games I went to I worked I only worked there for like four weeks of the season before I got a, a job at a newspaper but when I was going there and working there one of the things that I saw was wow, Uh, people aren't lying when they say that there are a lot of other fans here. I mean, I was at a Raiders game, and like, there were a lot of Raiders fans there. I didn't even know Raiders fans existed on this side of the country, all the way out here on the East Coast, but there were a lot of Raiders fans at the game. I mean, the Philly game was something different. You kind of knew going into the fact that Philly travels really well because they're literally only like two and a half hours away. Uh, So there were a lot of Philly fans there uh, for that game against uh, the opening week. I think it was like 2017 uh, season so a couple years ago really like it was really two years ago uh they travel really well and a part of the thing is the redskins stadium isn't exactly the easiest place to get to and i think uh that's something that we've talked about uh just casually if you talk to other redskins fans like getting to the game is, is kind of a pain and when i was working for the street team at 980 we were supposed to be there like four hours uh before before kickoff just to kind of it was like a pregame party essentially a lot of good food there uh some drinks and it was for like I guess, VIPs for nine eighty. I don't really know. I just know that I was working there and I got to meet Tim Legler, which is pretty cool. Um, but even getting to the game four hours before was kind of a pain. So if you're crunched for time, getting to the Redskins game sucks, but you need a reason to want to go. And I mean, when you look at the way the season ended last year, I think it's pretty fair to say that it was very difficult to watch the Redskins towards the tail end of the season. I love the team to death. I know a lot of you guys love the team to death, but I think we can all agree that we weren't exactly looking forward to watching Mark Sanchez under center. The win that Josh Johnson picked up was great that was super cool. The emotion on his face was awesome, but still not a guy that we were like looking forward to, to watching play. It's not like, yes, I can't wait to see what Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez are going to do for the Redskins. It was more like a, oh God, that's right. We have Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez playing quarterback for us. It's hard to watch at that point. And I was in my fantasy football championship and I do have red zone. Uh, plus I kind of do a little bit of a national stuff in my opinion with that day on SB Nation radio, check that out. Um, so I, I kind of got to keep my eyes on a couple different things going on here. And like, yeah, like watching Mark Sanchez kind of sucked. Um, so I think that does go that is going to factor into uh, the situation when when Dwayne Haskins plays. There's one thing, one thing that we need to avoid at quite literally all costs. This decision has to be a football decision, I think. I think that's the best way for this to kind of be made. Will it be a football decision? Probably not. But it should be just a solely football decision. If Jay Gruden thinks that Dwayne Haskins is going to give them the best opportunity to win and he is fully ready to start an NFL game, it should be done. Whether that's in week one, whether that's in week five, whether that's in week 10. Whatever the situation may be, I really hope it's not in week 10. But if it is, it is. With that being said, if we do not start Dwayne Haskins week one, we should not start him week two. We should not throw him out to dry or to dry die, whatever you want to call it. We should not just throw him into the fire against Chicago. That is a losing idea right there, and one that realistically could i mean like actually get Dwayne Haskins killed and possibly ruin his career moving forward. We don't know what's going on with Trent Williams at this particular point in time. We don't know if he's going to be there. So the last thing we need to do is throw our rookie quarterback into the fire against Khalil Mack with his blind side protector, one of the best left tackles in football, possibly not playing. That is a terrible idea. It is a losing situation. Dwayne Haskins right now is still very, very young. And one thing that young rookie quarterbacks have a tendency to do is to take a lot of sacks. We don't need that to happen against Chicago. Those guys are quite literally monsters. That's the one team that he should not get his first start against. If it's in the division, I can kind of rock with that. If it's against New England, I can still kind of rock with that. The one team that he should not be making his first career start against is Chicago. If he starts in week one, that's fine because then he kind of has a little bit of a uh, he has a feel for the speed of the game i would like to see haskins play a lot in the preseason but jay gruden kind of, for whatever reason, doesn't play guys in the preseason. I've never really understood it, but it seems to be one of the more consistent things about Jay Gruden's tenure here. He doesn't play his starters in the preseason. So I would like to see Dwayne Haskins play a lot in the preseason. Uh, like I said, he has a great arm. He has abilities to make really, really tough throws. Uh, but from all reports that I have heard uh, from minicamp and from some of the drills, he has a tendency to, to give up a lot of sacks like most rookie quarterbacks do. But he also has a tendency to kind of throw body bag ball. Which are, uh, for all intents and purposes, getting your receivers killed over the middle. Which is not something that we, as Redskins fans, or as a Redskins team, considering our uh, relatively lackluster receiving core, we don't need guys dying over the middle. Like we don't need to play chicken with a safety. I know the rules are different from what they were in the past, and you still can't really hit people as much as you could back then. But we still don't need guys going over the middle where they can get killed. Like we just don't need that. Um, so he needs to work on that a little bit. But like I said. This has to be a a football decision for it to work best. It needs to be Jay Gruden looking at this from all angles and being the football guy that we are paying him to be, make the decision when it is time to go, when he feels that Dwayne Haskins is going to give us the best option to win, put him in the game because our defense is going to be good. We have some weapons in the backfield that are going to be good. When it's Dwayne Haskins' time, it is his time. And Jay Gruden needs to be the one. He needs to be the primary decision-maker in that process. It shouldn't be Dan. It shouldn't be Bruce. Maybe Doug Williams, because he technically does quantify as a football guy in our our organization. But Jay Gruden, the head coach of the team, should have all of the power in deciding when to start the young quarterback. And whenever he makes that decision, I am ready for it. I do think that Dwayne Haskins is going to be our starter when all is said and done and the season comes to an end. I just don't know when he is going to get his first start, but I trust, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I trust Jay Gruden's football decision-making ability to decide when the quarterback should start. All right. So I mentioned the running backs. We're going to take a quick pause. And then we're going to talk about Mike Florio's comments about the running back situation with Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. The Redskins running back situation has been something that I've been incredibly excited for uh, as we head towards the season and really just the future of the position heading towards the season. But I think we need to recognize that as fans of the organization, we see things uh, a lot more clear sometimes, and just a lot differently than some of the national figureheads tend to see things. And Mike Florio kind of was the perfect example of that this week when he was discussing the the situation between not even between, but it was it almost seems like a fabricated situation, but kind of the mentality between. Uh, what he thinks could happen this year, which uh, between uh, Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. So I have the comments. I'm going to read them. Sorry, we don't really have a sound bite uh, for this one. I'm going to read these comments in which uh, Mike Flory stated, quote, there's going to be a potential problem for this team because Adrian Peterson is not accustomed to giving up touches. The more touches Geis gets, the more frustrated Peterson will be because he knows he's only got so many years left to play football. He continued saying he wants to get as many carries as many yards as possible as he climbs higher and higher up the all-time rushing list. That's going to be a challenge for the team in 2019, end quote. So this is, this is, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. I don't really know if there is a nice way to say this. This seems a little out of touch for who the Redskins are and for really who Adrian Peterson is. Now, maybe I'm in the wrong here in suggesting that Adrian Peterson doesn't seem like a guy that is just extremely focused on the idea of all-time ranks and all-time numbers. That doesn't really seem like who he is. I could be wrong, but he seems much more like a guy that just loves to play football. And what he did for us this past season was nothing short of sensational. But I think he also understands that, yes, Mike Gloria was right. He only has so many years left of playing football. And I think that Peterson should kind of recognize that Darius Geis is the future at running back, at least on this team. That is, that is how it is, and I know that Geis and, and and Thompson and Peterson, they all seem to have a really, really good relationship with each other. It does almost seem like a family unit uh, in the running back room, so I'm under the impression that maybe, just maybe, Adrian Peterson isn't exactly going to be mad that he is not going to get the same amount of carries this season and he brought up in the comments I didn't have this with me but he did mention about Peterson's time in New Orleans like it just didn't work in New Orleans. That That's really all it was. It wasn't a situation that worked out great for Adrian Peterson. It didn't work out exceptionally well for New Orleans either. It just wasn't the best fit in the world. I feel like the Redskins are a much better fit for him to maximize carries. Like, I don't know if Adrian Peterson is at the point in time where, yes, he's he is chucking up these all-time lists. But I don't think he's, a, he's at the guy who's like, yeah, I kind of want 300 touches a year. I think that he is sort of... Past that, I would I would just assume, and these are all just thoughts. These are all just opinions. I've never talked to Adrian Peterson, although I would really like to. Uh, so I, I can't really confirm that this is the way that he is he is thinking. This is his thought process. But based on what I have seen from him and the attitude that he seems to portray, at least in the public, he doesn't seem like a guy that only cares about stats. He just loves football. And Darius guys just loves football. I think that's where these two guys kind of connect, at least on a personal level. So I don't think that it's going to be a problem at all for the Redskins running backs to split the carries up. 50-50, 60-40, whatever the case may be, I think it's going to be a huge benefit because I think when Adrian Peterson is going to get the ball, he's getting the ball with fresh legs. He doesn't need to carry the ball 20 times a game. But if Darius Geis is picking up 15 or so carries and Adrian Peterson is picking up 15 or so carries and then you factor in a few carries and a few uh, passing uh, plays designed for Chris Thomas, that's a pretty good spread, and one that means the Redskins are running the football. If you can run the ball 30 times, but Adrian Peterson and Darius guys only touch the ball 15, or only are getting 15 carries, that's great for health wise, and that also means that you're running the football, which makes the offense significantly better when you have a rookie quarterback starting. Who is more much more comfortable? It makes the defense a lot more uh, more on their toes. They can't just sit back and and make Dwayne Haskins' lives hell if they have to uh, account for the run game that we have going on here. So I disagree almost wholeheartedly with the comments of, of Mike Florio saying that this is going to be a problem. I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. I actually see this as being much more of a benefit for the Redskins than an issue in the long term. And I think the Redskins' running back unit is going to surprise a lot of people this season um i'd love to know your guys thoughts let me know down on the hogs haven comments down below or on twitter at denton underscore day let me know when you think Dwayne haskins should be starting at a quarterback do you think he should be starting week one or do you think the redskins should kind of wait a little bit before they throw their rookie quarterback into the fire and then let me know about these comments from mike floria i know we'll certainly have uh, quite a uh, quite a good amount of takes on the comments from our buddy mike floria on the redskins um running back situation. So that's going to be, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Training camp is getting closer. I'm very, very excited. We're going to really start cranking these things out uh, more as we get closer to the season. So that's it for me. Follow me on Twitter at Denton underscore day, and I'll see you guys soon.